coming to you from the City of Angels. You're tuned in to Rob Save Sports, your daily dose for all things LA sports. Join us and let's save sports one podcast at a time. Now, your host, Robert Yamagata. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rob Save Sports Podcast, and we are back from an extended break from the All-Star break, which we're going to talk about too. we got a bunch of stuff that we're going to get through today, uh, but first... Very good, very nice, very nice. The LA Rams have won Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium, at their home stadium. It was a great game, very stressful game, but they pulled it out 23-20 to against the Cincinnati Bengals, and, you know, throughout the whole game, it, it did not look great for the Rams. You know, they couldn't really do anything with the run game. They were already without their top uh starting tight end and then by the time of the second half they lost Odell Beckham Jr. and they were really playing with their third string tight end and one and a half wide receivers at that point but you know Matt Stafford brought here traded a whole bunch of picks for him was able to pull it out and uh, threw it to his favorite receiver, his favorite target, the best wide receiver in football this season, Cooper Cup, to give them the lead in the fourth quarter. And guess who? Aaron Donald making the game-winning, Super Bowl-winning tackle on fourth down. And, you know, this team, the Rams coming back to L.A. in 2016, you know, you could really... You could really feel that other fan bases were feeling a little salty, a little little bit of saying, oh, well, there are no Rams fans in L.A. There's, you know, there were the Raiders, there's the Niners, and that playoff game with the Niners, I mean, it was pretty much a 50-50 split, maybe even more with the Niners, but, you know, the Rams beat them too, and... You know, I'm not surprised that other teams are a little bit butthurt, a little bit salty for the championship parade and whether or not if it's if if the crowd size was big enough or if there were people excited for the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but I digress. You know, if your team if you're upset that the Rams won the Super Bowl, then you know, maybe your team should have won the Super Bowl. Then you could have gone to their parade, but Oh well, I digress. Still a great game. You know, the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Their first Super Bowl since the early 2000s with uh, Kurt Warner. But then if you you can go back to in the 90s when the last time the LA Rams have won a Super Bowl. But still a great time. Very exciting. You know, we're going to see what's going to happen uh, this offseason with them, with the Rams. they got a lot of decisions to make. But overall, you know, they made all the necessary things 
prior to this season, and they accomplished the biggest goal that they could, he could have, which is winning a Super Bowl. And so with the All-Star break coming to an end, we are starting back up with the NBA. You know, we can talk a little bit about All-Star weekend, and I don't know what it is, but just to be honest, it feels like the the All-Star weekend, you know, with the with the celebrity game in Friday and the rising stars and then you got these you know some of the skills challenge three-point shot contest and the dunk contest on Saturday and the all-star game on Sunday it was uh, I would say a very so-so all-star weekend you know the the celebrity game is always interesting trying to figure out why why someone is on this team and trying to figure out how famous they are but still still amusing to watch celebrities play basketball that's always amusing and then kicking it into uh saturday which is i think usually is the most exciting because of the all the types of uh contests with all the events they have that Saturday with the skills challenge, which was I thought was interesting. Uh, they they kind of elaborated more on kind of like their, their simple relay that they had in the past. <laughs> there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of lights, a lot of different robotic tools that they were using, but I think it was all right. And I think, I think for the most part, people were looking forward to the three-point shooting contest, which has always been, I think, been the most exciting event that Saturday since, you know, probably five, six, seven years where, you know, the dunk contest has really lacked a lot of star power and a lot of, you know, flair. You know, that's no... That's no knock on the people participating because I think it was fine. You know, the longer you go into dunk contests, the the less and less new ideas you could bring to the dunk contest and hit it on a live program with a huge crowd. Because you see, you see those guys on the internet doing those different dunks in like a empty gym. And so, you know, you would wonder, okay, well, you guys can complete the dunks, but can you do that with 10,000 people in the stands on live TV? I think that's a pretty much a different type of pressure as far as doing a dunk contest. And I think I think we saw it uh, this season. But to just to go back about with the, the three-point contest, you know, we had one of our guys there. We had Luke Kennard, who was on fire in the first round. He had the most points uh, after the first round. And it was between him and Carl Anthony Towns. And Carl Anthony Towns went nuclear on his second round. He was very good. He hit 28. And, you know, I think... There was a point where, and then 
there was a point where Luke Kennard was having a rough stretch in his second round, and when he missed those two Mountain Dew balls, which would give him three points for each shot, when he missed both, it seemed like he would have to be pretty much perfect to try and beat uh, Carly Towns, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that. He was two points behind Carl Anthony Towns, but he did make more threes in the three-point contest, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And then, so returning back to the dunk contest, you know, they, the, the participants that they announced, it's always, it's always a thing where you, when you're announcing guys who are in their second or first year into the league, you kind of don't know what to expect as far as performance goes. You know, they, it doesn't, it didn't feel like they were, I guess, ready for the event, whether that was practicing or, you know, they were feeling it, feeling the pressure to say the least. But I think over the years, the dunk contest has dropped significantly in the past couple of years. And I don't, I don't know what the reason is. Part of it is, you know, you need to get, I think it's important to get name brand stars into the dunk contest or finding guys who, you know, can be good dunkers to watch. You know, because some of the participants, you know, you you don't really think of them as consistent in-game dunkers. So you you don't really know how they can perform on a slam dunk contest. And I think it's also important that, you know, the dunk contest has been exciting because of the stars that were in the dunk contest. Like Michael Jordan, Vince Carter... Jason McGrady, Kobe Bryant. You know, we had that prior dunk contest with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And you knew, even though they were young, you knew watching from the highlights that they they were two people that could be very creative with dunking the ball. And they completely revitalized the dunk contest. And I think since then, it's been a slow, slow downhill from there but obviously I think the, the main the main thing is you have to make the dunks like when you keep continue to keep missing dunks over and over again on a dunk contest it it kind of drags the crowd and it kind of you know you probably lose your uh the momentum or you know you start getting tired because you're trying to get up and try to perform during the dunk contest. But you know, ultimately I think there has there has to be a good balance as far as getting guys to participate in the dunk contest that you think can perform, but also getting stars into the dunk back into the dunk contest cuz I think that's ultimately what the the main part of it is. And 
you know, finish finishing it off with Sunday with the All Star game. You know, it's an All Star game. You don't really expect, you know, a high competitive environment until the very end, which I think that kind of helped that a lot with the the Elam ending, which is finishing the game on a score, not not the the game clock, and so you're forcing the team to make shots to win the game. And I think that made it very interesting. And of course, you know, you can't rate it any better with LeBron James hitting the game-winning shot in Cleveland to win for his team. And, you know, it's I don't know what I just don't know what you can do as far as making the All-Star game more interesting to watch. You know, I mean, Curry made it very entertaining with him scoring 50 in the All-Star game. And with that, it's, you know, similar to the, to the NFL Pro Bowl. Obviously, this is like during the offseason where a lot of the teams are not even playing anymore. And so you're not trying to hurt yourself or do anything. And so you kind of have to go half speed and then it just looks pretty bad like a bad product to watch on the court but if you're trying to stay 100% you're not going to exert yourself to that extent but kind of similar with the all-star game you know they're doing it halfway in the middle well more more than just the halfway point of the season but you know you're not trying to push yourself through a game that doesn't matter as far as you know your records for your team is but you know there are a lot of stuff during the all-star week all-star break that i think they i think they tried to do a little bit too much adding in too much extra stuff i guess with the, the certain like skills challenges and you know, I think I think it's okay to be simple at times. I don't think you need to do all this stuff to get people's interests. I think if you have guys that who are very popular in the league that are participating during All Star Weekend, I think that makes all the difference. You know, I don't really know what you could do to keep the interest going during the all-star break but in my opinion i would suggest less is more and with today you know this is going to come out before but we're supposed to get the mri with uh, paul george and his elbow to determine whether or not he's going to return and i think that is a big story for clipper fans and the clippers uh especially because you know, they're teetering right between the 8th, the 7th, 8th, and ninth seed to figure out where their position is in the playing game. And I think if you do get Paul George back healthy to finish off the season, you know, it would help a lot. Although, if Kawhi is not coming back, you know, there, there would be a case where 
you would just rather sit him out for the rest of the season so that him and Kawhi and Norman Powell can be 100% healthy for the start of next season. But, you know, he probably wants to come back. I would not be surprised if the MRI does go well and he does come back and he plays. You know, it's going to be good to see him on the court again. And that is pretty much all that we can hope for at this point. You know, we, the Clippers have played the most games before the All-Star break. And they're gearing up for the second half of the season. Their schedule has been pretty rough the past month and a half or so. Uh, but it's supposed to lighten up. So we're, we are going to see how that goes. You know, hopefully... Everyone has been getting some rest, taking a break, you know, disconnecting from basketball for a little bit. And, you know, we're ready to get back on it. And the last thing that we're going to talk about is with AEW and WWE. The the interesting news that we've seen right now is that Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW. And with much speculation that he's going to sign with uh, WWE. A place that he called home for a long, long time when he first started. You know, his father was there, worked for the company as well. And someone who pretty much you think was a WWE lifer. But through his time at the end of his WWE run, you know, him doing the stardust character thing you know he kind of felt like he wanted to do a lot more than what they were giving him so he left and he bet on himself he traveled and competed all around the world and you know he was a major factor in starting all elite wrestling and you know there was some stuff that Cody Rhodes was doing you know different storylines that were I would say not the best, but a lot of stuff was very was still very good and you could see why he became such a big big star. Like he is a great wrestler, very good on the mic with the with the right material. And you know, judging just judging from the people who were there behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of positive stuff that people have said about him and I feel like that's seems like it's that's the case because he's he's learned from the experiences with WWE and it's kind of made sure that possibly some of those things don't some of those things don't uh, go with AEW a more a better all-around environment that he had a hand in creating. And I think even though that he's leaving the company, you know, I think there are a lot of big influences that he's had for this company that is still very, very young, still barely almost three years old. But, you know, I I question what, what WWE has in store for him to make his decision to go there 
you know, it's still not confirmed yet, but there aren't a lot of other options that would be appealing to him to go to. And so we're going to figure that out, but it seems like he's going to go back to WWE. He'll probably be in WrestleMania somehow. If he if he's not in WrestleMania, like I I questioned, I really question his decision to leave and go back to a place where he left in the first place. But with all of that, you know, we continually have gotten AEW debuts constantly with uh, Keith Lee the past month, with uh, Downhausen last month too as well. Uh, we just had it recently with uh, Buddy Matthews coming into AEW, formerly Buddy Murphy in WWE. And I can get the sentiment with people saying that, you know, AEW is continuously hiring guys that hiring too many people on the roster and there's not going to be enough time to feature all of them. And where I think that's true at times and then, but also, you know, the the flexibility of the AEW schedule allows other people who may not be getting a lot of time on TV to do stuff in the independence, you know, doing shows, continually getting work outside of AEW, and like of course getting the reps too. And I think it's important that if you want to have the best wrestling company, why would you not hire the best talent you can find? If there if there are people who are extremely talented that are free agents and you don't sign them because your roster is big, I feel like that's not really a good excuse to not sign them. You know, I think they've done a pretty good job of cycling guys in and out so people don't get tired of certain uh, individuals on the roster. You know, there. unfortunately, I think there are some people that are falling through the cracks a little bit with getting time on TV and having meaning, meaningful stories to tell. But I think that's pretty much the nature of the business as far as getting guys to places where they can be featured on a weekly basis. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, they don't, they have the ability to not resign with a company. They have the ability to look for other opportunities elsewhere. And I think that's the main point where the difference between WWE and AEW. You know, AEW will let them let them leave and finish out their contract. And we've seen over the past year that WWE will release people even though they're on contracts with them. And they'll release people and then also will give them a 90-day non-compete where they can't work for 90 days, even though they still get paid. But, you know, the contracts that they sign with WWE are none and void as far as being guaranteed contracts. And I think that's ultimately the biggest difference between 
AEW, WWE. You know, before AEW, you know, I pretty much lost interest with professional wrestling or just with WWE in general. Like I was looking at other different promotions, but I think AEW has really brought me back into enjoying uh, professional wrestling as well. And I think it's going to continue to get better. They continue to sign people that I inherently like. So I think that's a plus. But having a diverse roster and having a big roster isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as you're using them the best you can. And that is going to do it for this short episode of the Rob Say Sports Podcast. You know, we've been gone for a little bit, but we're back doing it again. And thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you see this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, please rate five stars. And we will see you next time on the Rob Say Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening to Rob Save Sports. Saving sports one podcast at a time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. To connect with Rob, visit us on social media at Rob Save Sports. We'll see you next time.